Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hello and welcome to dungeon damsels a sorority of madness this is tiffany your dungeon master I invite you to relax wherever you may be and step into our world of adventure, mystery, and romance on the continent of Iron Air. We appreciate your support, and if you have enjoyed our show, we invite you to like, subscribe, follow, and post a comment. All of these actions can help other listeners find us. Now, without further waiting, Dungeon Damsels. Episode 20 something. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for my cue to cheer, to scream. Go! This is all staged. <laughs> so I was doing research on DD stuff, and it turns out that Jeff, Jeff Grubb wrote like a module or campaign setting in 93, and he had a planet named Toril. And I had no idea that was a thing. Oh, Jeff Grubb. So... Who's that? I, I, I honestly didn't do that much research on it. I, he did some writing for a bunch of stuff. Um, anyway, so I had no idea that was a thing. That's fun. <laughs> I guess we both thought Toril was a good name. All right, so... Great, I love it. We... The f- so the four out of... Four out of five of you guys are now at the Brayden Mansion... Ryurik has happily reunited with his mother and found out that Fiona, his favorite cousin, lives with her, but is currently out of town. Uh, Lady Deirdre Brayden has taken everyone into her mansion and has allowed you guys some space to talk about your next steps. Um, You see the Arcanal speaking quietly to Lady Brayden, and then they, like, and then she leads them them down this other hallway, and you, you can you know, assume that she's basically showing them, like, where they're going to sleep. Um, so... Uh, it is nearing nighttime. Luna, you have arranged to meet with Liam, the lore matron's accountant. You are to meet at the lore matron estate, and when the lights change, and the two of you will go to the restaurant the Silver River. What? You have about two-ish hours, but it does take time to get the from the Brayden Estate to the Aha Mansion. But oh, wait, okay. T- Tarina forgot Alana. We still need to find her. Oh, no. <laughs> let me go the down. Let, let me go through everyone's list. Okay. Kayanthi, you have been tasked with establishing a spy network within um, the city. You have been asked to find a, to place a spy within each of the matriarch houses and create a safe house for them. You have met Column from House Aha. Uh, Raxazil from the Faragna clan. Liam is a servant of House Aha. Lady Brayden uh, is not a matron, 
but she still holds a position of, you know, relative power in the city. Um, you still need someone in House Avra, which is the High Priestess's house. And you also can't help but wonder about that lute player at the funeral. Can't get him off your mind. <laughs> oh yeah, the lute player. Ha 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 ha. Tarina, you have been tasked to sabotage an engagement, namely the one between your brother Aravan and the Avra heir Nessa. Thus far, you have concluded that you could probably dissuade the marriage on falsification of your brother, but have troubled yourself over it for fear of damaging his reputation. Is also, you have also dabbled with the idea of potentially introducing another, um, presenting another spouse or another option. And part of you thinks that maybe not showing up might be enough to upset the avarice into calling off the marriage. Ellie, in your travels, <laughs> you have gained greater insight to your powers and have found purpose in using them. As you reflect on your accomplishments of your past, you remember the name Ilames and where and how you were supposed to find him. Aglana and Narte and Senya are still gone, and you are all very tired. That is where uh, the recap ends. That is quite a recap. Yeah, <laughs> Just, I feel like you guys need to be reminded of all the stuff I throw at you. <laughs> so much stuff. That helps. Because I know as a player I need that in my other campaigns. Now you guys have the floor is yours. Quick, Tarina forgot Adlana, we have to go. <laughs> we probably should have forgot Adlana. I'm sure she can handle herself, but it's, it, yeah. Senya did say she would wait uh, by Mara's house. Out of character, how long have you been resting? Uh, you just got to the. Yeah, we just got to the house. You just got to the house. It's literally been 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, ten, we, or, or ten ticks. And we just got. Even out. We just got Kanaris back. We need to reunite all the arcane boys. Could I get the arcane boys arcane back together? Boys. Yeah. I feel like they're a band. I mean, they're kind of. <laughs> they're kind of. They are. The boy band. It's the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> so. I mean, I guess we should go back to the... What was that? What was that store called again? Mars Closet. Yeah, Mars Closet. Closet where everyone's getting arrested? Yeah. Yeah, that one. I don't think we should go there just because we were specifically whisked away in disguise. That's true. I guess we should wait to find them? I just feel bad because we just got Canaris free. Wait, remind me what happened with Canaris, like where exactly he is, because I know we grabbed him, but... Um, so, Canaris and Farius are with you at the Braden Estate. Okay. And, and then Narte voluntarily stayed behind with Senya because he wanted to be there when Ablana came back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are there cats in this city? Um. Let me, let me roll for that. Underground cats. Underground cats. Because, like, I'm sure. Okay, okay, yeah. They're. 
Um, make make an intelligence check for me. Uh, that's a really good sign. Yeah. When is the smartest one? Oh, just really? intelligence. Yeah, just a general intelligence check. Five. Cool. So, you think that there might be cats, but you haven't really specifically looked out for them. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't try to be a cat if I haven't really taken the time to look for them. Yeah. I'm try to discreetly check up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can... You can try to think of another animal if you want to try. Okay, so roll... Just roll another intelligence check. 17. Okay, so you think back... What animals live in caves? Bats. Bats live in caves. You've seen bats. You could be a bat. I can't turn into a bat yet. I can't do any flying until level 8. Oh, okay. Um... You, um... What about... Rat. I was like... Rat. Yeah, you can, um... I'd say with the 17, you would think, you know, anywhere where there's people and cargo and trade, there's probably going to be rats. Okay. Can I safely check my rat name as a rat without getting squished? So, they are across the city, so you could do that. It would just take time. Oh. And... Time. Yeah, because it's a couple blocks. Let me... A couple what? It's a couple of... It's a couple of blocks, actually. It's pretty far away, because you're in a different district of the city right now. Yeah. Maybe we should just, like, walk over there. (laughs) So... Yeah, like, um... Her auto Are there people with horses? Nah. You guys. Are you going to be incognito horse? You guys. I can be. You guys are here. Mara's place is there. So you'd have, yeah, you have but, like a, a bit of walking to go. Serena so does bring up a, a good point. There is a lot of happening at Mara's closet. Big commotion. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about that. Maybe we should check back later tonight. Like, give it a couple more hours to settle down. Sounds like it's mine. Yeah, he's yeah. probably asleep somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to sleep. Like I don't have to sleep too much, and I can go as a animal, too. Yeah, that can work. So how was the funeral? I feel it was really boring. It was kind of violent. Oh, it was very violent. Fine. Is it because there's a lot of dead people? There was almost a lot more dead people. There were a lot of um, salamanders. Really big ones. Really, really big ones. Yeah. They kind of swallowed me out there. The salamanders swallowed? Are you okay, Kathy? Are you okay? Oh, you much better. Yes, we have rested longer. So a little bit wounded. Are you still covered in goo? I actually don't know if I have cleaned myself up. She most likely has done this by now, but her skin is not yet clean. So 
You've got to do with that. I think probably just a little bit of presentation. (laughs) (laughs) If only I could work in my very soul to prestigize my soul. Okay, yeah, that's her concern right now. Yeah, I probably need to rest up a bit. So you hear uh, Deirdre come back up the stairs, the stairs, and she comes back into. She left you in like the parlor room, essentially, which has been converted into a library. And she says, "Well, I can show you where you can sleep. It's not much, but I can guarantee you won't have to sleep on the floor." So she takes you guys. Um, to the front room and then pauses and, and says, okay, she tells you where the kitchen is, tells you where the bathroom is, just gives you layout of the house and then takes you guys upstairs. Uh, upstairs there's a series of rooms. Lady Breeden has the master suite. She gestures towards an elaborate stone archway. This is my room. I'm only going to be in here late at night for trance, but um, don't feel like you can't interrupt me if you need me for something. She kind of mumbles to herself. It's not like anyone minds. <laughs> I'm used to it. And uh, next to her room, she says, this is Fiona's room. She'll be back tomorrow morning. Um, and she went to her mother's in Baronel. The funeral was just too hard for her. Mm-hmm. She and your grandmother were very close. And she opens a third door that happens to be uh, another bedroom but it was used as storage, obviously, because there's a bunch of stuff in it. <laughs> oh, sorry, she she waves her hand again, and a spell brushes away the majority of the dust. A bit dusty, but I, I keep my older files here. And then wave the hand, and a small glowing humanoid shape takes form, and she starts just... She casts Invisible Servant, basically, and starts just piling on files and folios. She's like, let me just get rid of this. <laughs> uh, inside, you can see two couches and a bed that can hold two people. Um, I can get blankets. It gets chilly here. If you need anything, let me know. It's just Fiona and myself here. The washroom's down the hall. And for your dear, your room is just at the other end. Just while you stay here, try to... Um, she turns back to you guys. Try to be discreet while you're here. Um, it's probably best you stay low while we figure out what's going on in the city. I mean, I'm assuming the war matron isn't going to be too happy about her little prize getting away. She hates losing it. I'm bad at words, but she expresses gratitude. So hospitality. Oh, just, oh, you're you're welcome. Yes. Yeah, thanks for your hospitality. Um, We're going to need a lot of blankets. Okay. All the blankets. Okay. Um, And then she kind of like pauses and is like, where do I keep blankets? And then she comes back, she, she leaves and comes back, she's like, Stay away from the red door. <laughs> What's in the red door? It's my private study. I don't want you touching things. <laughs> Very delicate work. And so then she, she leaves and then starts like going through closets and trying to find blankets. And um, while she's in the closet, she mentions, oh, wait, um, I forgot to mention that that Nessa Avra is coming by to collect a book in about um, 30 ticks. Please try to be quiet while she's here. Not that you're loud or anything. It's just, I don't want anyone to know I have guests because that raises lots of questions and I don't really have a good lie yet. Nosy people? Jar are very nosy. And then uh, she's, ah, ha, ha, I found, and she, she pulls out 
um, some blankets. There's like a one that was, you know, it's uh, you know, it's probably made by someone's. Like, it's like a quilt, like your grandma quilt that you stuff in the closet. And then there's the, like, you know that scratchy blanket that everyone's house has? The, the scratchy blanket. Yeah. She's just like, I know it's not oh, the, the best. Maybe you blanket. should just put it on top of other ones. And she's like, oh, look around. We probably might have more somewhere. Yeah, we're going to need a lot more. Like, okay. Like 15. Probably 40. I don't think I've had any. <laughs> She's like, um... Well, as close as you can get to that. Okay. She's just like... Is it that cold down here? It... Well, no, but I need blankets to make a blanket for Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, I have a lot of robes. And you could use those. Sort of a wizard thing. Cross my arms. I'm just muttering. I'm just like, rope for it doesn't sound like a blanket for well, I mean, you can tie the sleeves on and stuff. No, I guess that works. Just put So she she leaves and goes off to find more blankets. Riark goes with her. Um, pretty obvious that he just wants to be with his mom after being parted for so long. Aww. Okay. <clears throat> what do you guys want to do? So, is there... What do you guys want to do? Uh, Luna's gonna pull Ellie aside. Okay. Because, um, Ellie actually knows who the lock is. Mm-hmm. Wait, does Ellie know who the lock yeah, is? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so, um, she's at the funeral, I found Gilok's father. Really? I've yeah. met any of his family before? I mean... I mean, I, his mom is best friends with my mom, but he his father is asleep. It's how how is he? Ah, uh, he seems to be doing okay. I'm meeting with him for dinner. Like, I don't know if he knows about Rock, honestly. Oh, like he doesn't know that you guys are dating. I I don't think he he knows that he got Rock's mom pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't know Galak's dad is Galak's dad. He might not. Then how do you know that Galak's dad is Galak's dad? Because I know because I've already told his name and he looks a lot like Galak. If Galak was human and not part drow. Oh. And also is a slave for working for drought. Oh, that's really... Uh, I, I mean, what do you, what do you want to... Is there anything you want to do with that? Like, do you want to... I don't... It, I don't know. At least I want to, like... Like, he probably wants to see his son. Uh, yeah. Jim. I'm just wondering, like, how to do that, because I don't really want to bring Galak here. That just doesn't feel ethical. If that makes sense. Well, you can always tell Galak that his dad is here. He probably doesn't even yeah. know where his dad is. Yeah. He's never met his dad, actually, but obviously. But, um, yeah. but yeah, he, I, hmm. yeah, I don't know. I guess I just don't feel comfortable bringing Galak here. 
with him being half drow and a male and the son of a somebody they know is a slave and that could just be messy. Yeah, but I don't know if there's a way to get get his dad out of here. And I don't know if it'd be like yeah, I don't know if it, how I would do that or if his people would even let him go or if I would just rent him I to mean, take him out. Or, I think if he's a slave, he'd yeah. rent him. If he's a slave, we could buy him. I've never bought a person before. It sounds weird. It does sound kind of squeaky, but. Uh, like, yeah, could be able you, to how do you buy a person? Do you, do you have to buy a human? Do you have to charge per hour? Do you have to charge per hair? Um, <laughs> you just, you just so many logistics. I think you just negotiate with the owner about like what value there is. This is a slave. You, okay, my brain is saying a slave is 32 pieces of silver, but... <laughs> That's probably a biblical thing, dude. Right? <laughs> I don't feel like that's a dandy thing. I'll, I'll look that up, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know how much it costs since he is also a um, like an accountant. It's not like he's just like a random person that they put to do their bit. I mean, we could always try to find out. I mean doesn't hurt yeah. to go over to the house and I don't know like uh, cross your arms and do do what I do all the time I cross my arms and I puff out my chest and I'm just like I like your human how much is your human I, I could probably do that yeah or you can come with or yeah I don't know yeah I'd love to help out uh, yeah so that's it yeah basically I'm meeting him in front of his owner's place it's when the lights change in, what is it, an hour now? I wonder how long it takes to tour the house. Oh, are you going to meet him in an hour? Yeah. Wow, that's really soon. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I just kind of jumped the gun. I was like, I need to tell him that he has a sign, by the way. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean, we could just kind of just play this, just, just move by move. We yeah. go to the house, we find out how much he is, and we can see if we could, we could probably buy him. I mean, we got a lot of money I from Riorik. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just want to make sure that, like, he wants to meet Joel before we go making life decisions for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after all, we kind of buy him, right? Yeah. Because, you know, give him a choice to be thought or not. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good to me. Okay. So, we'll talk to him, and if he's interested, then we can go by him. Don't worry. I, I got your back. I'll be your wing girl. Alright, thanks. You're the best. that week. You guys are so cute, see? Girls. Oh, you know. I'm the most adorable of girls. This is true. Who is the most adorable? So, what are you? Sorry, I was reading about for the prices of slaves based on Roman currency. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> what Thanks for going down that rabbit hole, DM. Educated, I guess. 
I now have a price for Liam. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, is there anything we want to do before Luna goes to dinner? Yeah, was there anything else we wanted to do in this town? Because we del- we delivered Rioric. That's all we wanted to do, right? And something I would like to do. Yeah? Oh, okay. But mostly that problem is only to us, so. Oh, okay, cool. Is it another dad? No. <laughs> okay. I feel like there's more dads. <laughs> just more, more dads. That's why it's called D&D. It's dad and dad. <laughs> dads and dragons. Okay, so... What you're trying to do is coming to you... I mean... And then Kayonthi's just kind of quiet because she's thoughtful. Okay, Kayonthi's pondering. Her next move. Kayonthi is pondering. I mean, do you need help with that, Trina? I mean, we made a pretty good team back at the the arena and at that mansion. I have to say, I I was really impressed. You wanted to see the We can go Luna Path or Tarina Path. We have like the dialogue box right in front of us. <laughs> choose your choice. There's a warning. It's just like if you choose this path, you are locked into it. <laughs> yeah. Luna. Luna. Okay. okay. Luna. <laughs> All right. All right, Luna. Wait, would I be able to help Tarina if I'm going to Luna's thing? I'd say you could stick around for like a half hour and then you guys um would no you can do it yeah you can do it you can help Trina and Luna can I help Trina and Luna? yes actually yay we can actually be be together in a party yes all of you can be together as a party for this event because Nessa is going to be here in 30 minutes, and then you have, like, an- another hour and a half time frame before oh, you well, have to meet at house. Are we yeah. going to be, like, that date where Luna goes on a date but, like, brings her whole friends? It's like, oh, I brought a couple of friends. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> also, I got a boyfriend. <laughs> the next booth or something. Happening through Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> Boyd has been so good. Not even in the building. <laughs> that would actually be perfect, I think. That would be, be pretty great. Okay, so. Door is knocking. You assume it's probably Nessa. Okay, so you hear um, the footsteps going across the, the floor, the bottom. Um. 
bottom floor, yeah. And then um, she, uh, you hear Rear talking to his mom, and she's like, well, if you're not ready, just go upstairs. And he's just like, I don't think I'm ready. Okay, okay, just go upstairs. So you hear him run upstairs, and he goes and, like, hides in the room with you guys. I was like, do you want him there or not? He's like, can, can I hang out with you guys? Do you like my mom? What was that? Sorry. Do you, do you like my mom? Um, well... I mean, I thought she was really nice when we were kids. Um, but I... I don't know how she's like now. So... I'd rather just... Wait up here. Do you like blankets? Mm-hmm. And I grab the scratchy blanket and I throw it over him. He's just like, ugh. Huh. You know? I don't think it's weird. a good post for a blanket fort. <laughs> He's like, why is there one of these in every house? And he, like, bundles it up. And no one buys them, they just appear. They, yeah, it's like they just spawn in darkness and appear out of nowhere. Below you. Hey, I like them, and I rub my face against it, and, like, I have a bunch of scratches now. <laughs> Below you hear um, a, a small voice saying, Hello, Lady Brayden. I've come for that book on religious, on southern religions. Oh, yes, of course, this way I have it. Or uh, did I have it here? Or you hear a bunch of shuffling and footsteps. I don't tell my Fiona took it. There's a, there's a pause of awkward silence while... Lady Brayden shuffles around trying to find this book and um, you hear Nessa say "Um, Lady Brayden do you how how did you get out of getting married you're you're silent for me oh okay oh well face this direction bring the mic you're bringing the mic to me I'm sorry. It's okay. So you hear Nessa, and you have to lean against the door, because, you know, she's she speaks very quietly. Lady Brighton, um, how did you avoid getting married? What? I mean, you haven't been married, and it's unusual for someone of your standard to be unwed. Offspring are usually required for a title. Um, well, that much is true. I usually, I got my position through my marriage as a mage and with no small help from my mother. To be honest, sometimes I wish I were married. It offers protection from other houses. Let's put another pause. I've... (laughs) I've been betrothed to a half-elf I don't know anything about. And I've never met. But I can't stand him. I know political marriages aren't, you know, usually um, particularly romantic or love-filled, but I'd like to at least have a friend. She sits down. Oh, you hear the stool, like, scoot. She probably sits. Sometimes I wish I could just fly away from here. Another long, awkward pause. Anessa, you do have the option of saying no. 
and Miss Therath Grandma. No thanks. I spent my whole life having her drill obedience into me because Mother ran off for love. If I rebel now, she probably won't let me out of the house ever. Oh, well, have you considered your other options? I could run away and never come back? Well, yeah, um, there are options besides this stranger. There's Colum and, um, the others? Others? No. I suppose I could marry into a trade family, but the thing is... Well, trade families aren't, aren't bad. We're technically a trade family. I'm, I'm not... I'm not saying that. It's just... I mean, I don't think I'm right for someone for, for marriage or any sort of, um, um, sexual relation to um, anyone. Um, I just, I don't really find myself attracted to anyone. I just, I just want to, you know, Snuggle up and call it good. I don't really understand this whole fascination with it, but, um, um <laughs> there's another long, awkward pause. Um, well, you, you know, that's, that's why we have consorts. You know, you could just... I'll be honest with you. They're going to expect an heir from you, and you're never going to get out of that. They've liked me for years. And I finally produced a son, and then he was taken away. But they didn't bother me anymore. So the same will be expected of you. So, you know, if you just kind of think of it as a duty thing, it's not so terrible. I know, it just seems so awkward. I was like, <sighs> Look, it's, it's an awkward thing, but it's really not that big of a deal. You'll, you'll manage. Oh, oh, I, um, I, I think I remember where I got, I put that book. <laughs> it shuffles away. Get out of that conversation. Yeah. Get out. Escape. <laughs> yes, I, I found it. This is it. Here you go. I, um. Oh, my God. <laughs> Another long pause. Well, I'm... I know that things aren't really particularly great between you and your grandmother, but I'm... You have a friend here. And, um, you're welcome to come here. Um... Do you... Do you remember my son? Um... Uh, I mean, yes... He's very shy, but I liked him. He liked to read. Well, um, if I told you that, um, I found him again, would you oh. like to see him? Sure thing. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yes, I, I would like to see him again. Right, that's, that's wonderful. Um, why don't you come back tomorrow and um, we'll, we'll talk about when you could meet him. Yeah, that, that sounds really nice. Okay. And you hear them shuffle to the door and uh, she leaves, the door shuts. 
and then you hear like this huge exhale. <sighs> That's just really awkward. <sighs> I like immediately push off the door and just like run towards Rior, and I'm just like, she likes you, she likes you. <laughs> <laughs> Marcella, she's like, so would you be interested? Uh, well, hello. I mean, I, I think I, it's pretty obvious that my preference for guys, but yeah, I thought so too. Preference for married guys, yeah. <laughs> but that hasn't really gotten me too far. Yeah, there's a very quick and honest question and I would like your honest response as quickly as possible. Uh, yeah. If you were to come back into life, they would want you to move when, yeah? Um, I mean, probably. Would you be open to a marriage where you are best friends with your spouse? That sounds pretty nice, actually. Best thing's marriage. And you're not being forced to do anything you don't want to? Endeavor. 
that's fair. Whispering good things to say into your ear. Yeah. He just flutters around. She's like, whoa. My literal wingman. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll allow it. It's fine. That's his. That's what he does. Just do a straight charisma. Not gonna be bad. Yeah, I mean your charisma is insane. Nine twenty. Okay, so she's just like, oh, um, uh, you were you in the house? Um, in another room talking to Rierick. I was actually about to go grab a book myself when um, you came in and I thought not to bother you. So he's... Um, well, he's already here. Yes, actually. She, she kind of becomes thoughtful. He was always very shy. Yeah, he is quite shy. Um, it's still technically a secret, so if you could not say anything, that would be appreciated. Yes, of course. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. Beautiful. Um, you... I, I, I heard that you were talking about a... of the right age. Um, in, um, most of the exchanges were done between my grandmother and his father. Um, and in the messages, um, I think he's supposed to be handsome and he, um, polite. Um, but he really, what I think, what grandmother latched on to is that he came from a very long line of powerful druids and I think she well for lack of a better word wanted to fix the gene pool and we like creating the ultimate baby so I she kind of rolls her eyes (laughs) yeah that sounds about right so that's about it um there was supposed to be a messenger but shown up. So we don't really... We're not really sure what happened. I think Grandmother's going to write again. And inquiring about it. I do a question, and if you don't want to answer, that's fine. Um. Sure. But, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you are not interested in being in a relationship, period? Well, it's, um, I'd like companionship, but, um, you know that all of these, you know, um, uh, she she sort of blushes, you know, those sort of rusty romance novels, I just don't really latch on to that. I'd much rather just... No. Understand? to you very much on that matter. But how about if you 
don't you give your grandmother another option?
to make your grandmother not want to marry you off to that Druid fellow. Oh, okay. But I would need to know a way to make her disagree with him, if that makes any sense. Well, it's, so you, you want him to basically look unappealing? Yes. Oh. Well, um, she thinks she really doesn't like gambling. So if he has any sort of history like that, it's she will not be very impressed. Um, and she she likes it when people have um, like formal educations. So if this person didn't have a you know, a proper like piece of paper that said I'm an archdrude or whatever you know, he might be less appealing. I had to go to a lot of school. And she's like, I have to keep my papers on me. And she like pulls out her diplomas. So that just sort of tells you the sort of person she is. And back to how basically we'll need a lot of papers to back up what credibility so oh I can guarantee there's little to no paperwork he did not care for his children at all um sorry uh Erevan's father did not care for his children whatsoever barely had the proper schooling that's that's actually pretty sad actually um, do you, do you know this person? Yes, I do. Um, and who, who is he to you? Um, he's my best friend. Well, he's, he's lucky to have a good friend like you to look out for him. It sounds like that he's not too keen on this either if he sent someone out. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he probably wasn't the one who suggested it. I know he wasn't the one who suggested it. (laughs) Well, I know that feeling. (sighs) Okay, and we'll say that you are, like, by their um, house about now. So this is this is fine. This is the stop, and uh, you you get there. It's um, it's way over there. It's actually back by the cathedral. Um, so like it's she lives in like this. So there's the like big cathedral, and then like in the courtyard you can go off to the side, and that's where there are living quarters, and that's where they live. So, mm-hmm. like, she stops at, like, the front gates to the courtyard. Like, I'm fine here. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't ever get your name. I'm Nessa. Oh, um, my name is Tarina. It's nice to meet you, too. And then she... What the you? Um, you shake hands. <laughs> and she bows, and I hope I can see you again. You'll probably be seeing me tomorrow. And she sort of waves and then leaves. Yay. Yay. All right. 
right, we're going back to the Braden house. I'm with Riorik and we're setting up blankets. I'm hoping because I'm taller I can reach like the high points. <laughs> no, Riorik, your other left. But oh. this is the same left. No, I mean your other right. <laughs> he lifts it up. You know, I don't think the chandelier is meant to, like, st- hold the stability of it. He, he, well, like, then why does it have hooks? Yeah, I start pulling on the blanket. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he hooks it on there and things like, um, you know, um, maybe if we um, if we got some rope, we could actually hang it on um, over there off of this. Um, I'll get some rope <laughs> Isn't that cheating? Aren't you supposed to use blankets for a blanket fort? Well, yeah, but you need ropes. You can use, I mean, you can use ropes or a ribbon or whatever you got. This is engineering. I guess engineering isn't disqualified from blanket forts. Okay, so he comes back. Putting ideas to ask a lot how to make the best blanket fort. He comes back with ribbon. He's like, we don't really have rope, but we have this ribbon. So he goes to, like, the curtain rod and then, like, ties it over there and then, like, um, does another, like, tie to the chandelier. Ties it back. He's like, okay, well, now we have blah, blah, blah things. So you guys can essentially make, like, a blanket fort around um, the bed and then... um, if you want to, you could probably scoot, like, the two couches underneath the blanket fort, too, because he set up, like, this elaborate rig to, like, hold all the blankets up. Of course I would. Jamie, <laughs> make blanket forts my D-game. So, um, D-game. make, um, uh, what would be a blanket fort roll? Ellie? Uh, you're not even Bad. flipping backwards to do blankets. Um, I don't know. Performance. Performance. It's like setting up a tent. Okay, sure. Do a performance check. <laughs> I rolled 12. Okay, okay. So, like, you... How hard hard can this be? (laughs) Yeah, you guys get a pretty decent blanket for it out. You um, bring out your your spirit friends, and they go inside and light it up, and then you you tuck yourselves under the cover. It's pretty nice in there, and... um, one of the, like, blankets falls over, so, like, it kind of, like, hook it back over. But you make a pretty good fort! Yeah, one of the blanket things fall down, and I'm like, aw. Sipo, pick it up! And Sipo goes, and he just goes right to it. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Spirits don't have pants. <laughs> uh, uh, Tarina, are you back yet? Okay, maybe she... I would assume so. Okay, so she... Made... If I can walk back at this point. Let's say, um... Yeah, sure. They're, they're... You're back at this point. You walk through the front door, come upstairs, see, like, pretty sweet blanket fort. I would say, like... I imagine the, say, I like... Imagine the blanket fort is set up how when we recorded at your your parents' living room. Oh, yeah. Had just all the blankets Just around. all the curtains all around. Mm. That was fun. 
Rurik says, why'd you go outside? Oh, um, I, I walked Nessa home. Oh. How, how is she? She, she nice. She is very nice and very polite. I always liked her. She was nice to be around because she knew she was nice. Are you going to tell him that she's very interested in marrying him, too? Or are you going to hold off on that? And she wanted me to tell you hi. I don't remember what she specifically said. Oh, uh... There you go. Yeah, that's great. Maybe she can... Do you know if she's going to come back? Well, I'm going to... See her again tomorrow if you wanted to come with me. Yeah. So maybe not if you are still thinking about staying hidden in town. Well, I do have a few reservations, but I think I can do a lot here. You know, Mom's got a good setup. Fiona's coming back. I mean, like, Lady Rowan would pay me a lot of money, to be honest. She actually gave me a good salary, but I just, <sighs> it's really hard being around someone you like but can't be with. So I think it might be better for me to just go somewhere else. I don't think I was getting anywhere in Gundrick. At least not emotionally. I mean, money is one thing. Because I like, he, he's like, actually, he's, he's like, oh, I should actually transfer my funds here somehow. But yeah, I'm thinking about, what are you doing, Christian? I'm crying. Tears flowing down my face. I feel so bad for him. I want him to be happy. He's such a sweetie. <laughs> Yes, and you have your own country. You're never happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this is what I'm doing. Well, then take. All right. He, he's our lovable nerd boy. Head. Uh, Wait, DM. Yeah. Wife. Yeah. Is he still in a dress? No, uh, he took it off. Okay. Actually, wait, let me... He would have taken it off. He doesn't like wearing it. Okay. Kurt is now part of the fort. Yeah. Like as soon as you know, um, he he was wearing it for like when he was upstairs with you guys, and like you. Okay, but we've been at the house for a while. Yeah. So, so he would have taken it off, you know, because he's like, uh, you just I, keep stepping on it. How do I? <laughs> I, I look at the dress that's hung up through our blanket fort, and I'm like. Do I have to wear the dress again? You're so hot. I mean, you still don't want people to see you, right? Well, I think I'll have to. I'm just looking out for your safety. Maybe stick with your mom, Alice. And I can do your makeup, and I just make <laughs> moss and dirt. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. I uh, appreciate the effort, but I'm, I'm good right now. Yeah, I think I'll stay here, at least until we figure out what I want to do. Especially since, um... 
Well, the real problem is that even if I come out publicly, there still would be a lot of backlash. Because, um... Well, my dad was based... Is like my dad's basically an unknown person to them. So unless I actually bring out like some paperwork that says I was the son of this noble guy, they're just gonna think that I'm just some random human's child. I mean, do you have paperwork that says that you're part of House Braden? Well, I mean, I have housework that says I do have paperwork that says I'm part of my mom's house. Yeah, we do have that. I have that birth certificate. Then just, I don't know, I don't know how noble stuff works. Just wave it around. Just wave it around so people can see it. Like, what happened is I was... I was born legally and publicly. And, um... But my father was unannounced. Mom kept quiet about it. Why would they have a birth out public? Well, like, they, they, it was announced. That's what I mean. Like... Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Well, then I got hush hush thing. Yeah. Then, then I'm like, I have a child appearing out of nowhere. <laughs> then basically. The child in the middle of the streets. Swarm came in, flew, swooped right in. Huh. On the ground. Basically, then the other matrons pressured my mom into, um, you know, basically trying to get rid of me. And so I was. You know, she essentially sent me off with some of her servants to Gundrick. And that's where I've been ever since. Because, like, this of political strife, essentially. But, if I get married, what if I become a legal heir of House Braden and then marry someone from a matron house? Then I have a lot more political protection because I would be part of House Braden and part of a matron house. So, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of awkward when you like men and you have to marry a woman. So that's just kind of a weird thing. So, well, but I mean, are you okay, Kiyoki? You've been crying a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a sad life. Crying it out, crying out the color. But, you know, um, I can think of worse lives than um, living with my mom. And, you know, I mean, they only want me to produce one heir, so... As awkward as it can be, I can probably manage one night. Well, here's the thing. If for some reason you were to marry this girl, say it happens. Oh, say it happens. Um, she's not interested, period, in anybody. And you're only interested in guys. So... She would be just as uncomfortable as you would be, and wouldn't ever, probably wouldn't bat an eye if you were to fall in love with someone else, because that's the best that could happen for you, since you guys would supposedly just become confidants and best friends. So, you're saying I should marry this hypothetical person 
and then have a consort. Yeah. I mean, that's not unheard of. I mean, like... Does that happen in Tomorrow a lot? I mean, the War Matron has, like, five consorts, so it's... Yeah, it's, it happens. Gosh, love is so confusing. Well, here, you really... This is what happens in most drow houses. There is a political marriage that is done to produce an heir. The drow don't produce a lot of heirs because, well, we, we're connected to a goddess of death and she basically doesn't want us to do a lot of life-giving actions, but we need to, you know, propagate as a race. So most families produce one or two heirs at a time. And then they just have lots of concubines. Um, for fun? I don't know. Like, I haven't really experienced that, but that's kind of the general gist. So, you have... <laughs> Ellie looks so confused. So you have one person that's, like, your main wife or husband, and then you have a child with that person. And then you have, like your, like, boyfriends and girlfriends on the side, but they're also public. I think you just have one way. Sad house? No, sad house implies that, you know, it's not, you know, no. what's it called? Consenting. No. And, uh, well, I mean, if you're a concubine, you actually have a pretty nice life. You get lots of food and clothes and, like, and, like, I looked into Chinese, ancient yeah. China and, like, the emperor's concubines, and they, like, had it made, dude. They got, like, mountains of food, and then, like, they played games and, like, had all these clothes, and most of the time they didn't even see him. Like, they saw him, like, twice a year. In, in the bedroom, I mean. Like, they'd see him in, like, you know... Around. Around, yeah. But, like, yeah. most of the time, yeah. they hung out with themselves in, like, their concubine palace and played games. So, also like... a lot in Persia. A lot in Persia, too. So, like, they just... They were kind of like his pets. In a weird, yeah, basically. That's in a weird way. Alright. So, that's kind of how it goes in Drow. If polyamory is not unusual, but each person is uh, specific to what they prefer. Yeah, so um, no, that could be a thing. Uh, the next topic. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just sitting in silence. We're just like. Well, um, uh, don't you need to go to that thing, Luna? Yes, yes, I do. I do with my name. Oh yeah, let's go to that. Okay. You meet your boyfriend's dad? Me yeah. I mean, you've already made a first impression. So like, so out of game, is is Liam the this the slave? Is it this Liam Pollock's yeah. dad? Okay, Pollock's dad. Okay. Yeah. Did Did you want us there with you, or you can spy for points? Do you want us to spy with yes. And how close do you want us? Um, it doesn't matter as long as you're not seen. You can stay here and Blank can be with you. Up Unless you. you want us on hand. 
I mean, we're we're going it's to a public place, right? Yeah. I, I but, don't think it'd be too weird for you guys to join us. Yeah, but Ellie and I were talking about possibly buying him if you're interested in meeting the rock. So, like, I don't know how much money that's gonna be. I don't know how you guys would feel helping me with that. Financially? I think we have too much money. I don't even know how much money we have anymore. I mean, I know I have probably the least amount, and I have 126 gold. I have, I have 143, so... How much does a person cost again? We don't know. We don't know. Oh. Tiffany knows, but she wants ours. No, we, we just There's have to... no reason you guys went on the price of slaves. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know where to find how much money I have. You didn't... Uh, oh, I have 27. 27? Only 27? We got money from uh, yeah, Riord. Yeah, I think you guys added it to the party fund. I think we stopped doing a party fund at some point, though. I just started sweating again. Yeah, I don't remember how much uh, we got It from... says that I have 25 gold pieces, and that's not what... I feel like you can steadily add at least 100. You have 20... Yeah, I have like 171 gold pieces. What happened? Let's just say that you just add a hundred gold to your Yeah, I'm fine with that. Because like I'm, I'm not you sure. probably just forgot to add your share from Reart payment. Because he gave you guys yeah. like a lot of money. Yeah, he gave us a lot of money. I don't So even how this episode's going, all the relationships have been weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like it's a different culture. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so. Okay, so maybe how you guys within like a couple blocks or something? It actually is, yeah. It's um Inspired with blank. Alright, so you just need to go, go from here to there. It's literally a few streets over. And like, I just did that at random, so. It works, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you make your way to the Aha Klein estate and come to the gate. There's a tube with a cone shape at the end and of it with a covering that has holes atop of it. When you approach, there's an audible cracking noise, and the system burrs to life. You hear, Yes, ma'am, may I help you? Yeah. Is that to me? Yes, that is to Luna. I thought was going to be outside already. Okay. She's outside the gates of the estate, and is talking through an intercom. That's it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Have the lights changed yet? Yes. Okay. I just want to talk about that I'm there, like... That they had, I had an um, arrangement with Liam, I guess. Okay. Uh, yes, welcome, my lady. Liam has uh, told us the, your arrival. Please step in. And uh, so the the gates, like, kind of... And you can... You look back, you can see that there are gears that move these gates, and it kind of reminds you a little bit of, like, the lift system and the pulleys you saw there. And you go across, like... They have a nice little, like... Um, like rock garden, and you go to the front door. <clears throat> the butler opens it. Welcome, my lady. <clears throat> and he says, Leon, your guest is here. 
steps aside, Liam appears from one of the doors off the hallway and pulls on a pulls on a cloak and he says, "Thank you. Uh, take it from here." Uh, yes, of course, Liam. And then, like, as he's trying to, like, leave, he's trying to, like, push you out the door. Like, yeah. He's like, damn it! I'm going out. <laughs> Bye. And then, as you're leaving, you hear this voice that says, Liam, are you going out? At the top of the stairs is Colm. Um, tall and slender, he glides down the staircase with a grace that makes you blush and stops at the foot of the stairs. Turquoise and silver robes adorn him, and he pauses to look over Luna. Uh, yes, Colum, I'm, I'm going out with this nice young lady, and, uh... Wait. I know her. He, he's staring at you, Luna. Yeah? <laughs> Please, this will take but a moment. He comes to you, Luna, and grasps your hands. Lovely lady. It's dreadful. Mara has been incarcerated... You frequent that shop. Do you have any idea why? I, uh, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I wish I knew. Yeah, I have no idea. And I, like, come up and I, like, try to separate out Calum's hand from Luna. (laughs) 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 Oh, is that, did did you want to hold hands? And I'm just but now she's just going with it because she doesn't know, like, this is just the customary oh. for the area sort of thing. He's just like, oh, um, I remember you too, green lady. <laughs> 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 well, uh, you don't know. Well, thank you anyway. Um, I'm sorry, what was your name? Uh, Luna. Luna, thank you very much. And, um... I'm Ellie. Ellie, I'm pleased to meet you. If you know anything else about Mara, please let me know. I'm very worried about her. You froze? What was that? Sorry. You froze for a second? Oh, he says, if you hear anything else about Mara, please let me know. I'm very worried about her. And... Well, I might just go. I might just go over there myself. She's like, I think I will go over there myself. And he's like, <laughs> in like a bathrobe. Liam's just like, uh, call him, call him. Wait, don't, don't go looking like that. <laughs> no, no. My mind is made up. I'm going. Go, call him, please. You need to look more presentable. I am going. <laughs> he, he, he like bundles up his hair, and then he's just like, I'm taking. And he just storms off. Um, uh, yeah. This is okay, well, I... Uh, you could just wear bathrobes here? Well, Colin can, um, apparently. I can't say he doesn't listen to me anyway, but boy. Anyway. So, uh, he says, uh, is it... Sh- I see you've brought a friend... Uh, you asked Ellie, remember how you were supposed to go wait with Tarina and Keanu? Oh, wait, I thought you wanted me to come with you. No, it was, um, to go with to buy him afterward. 
another half dwarf, half human, and um, she greets Liam with a smile. She's just like, "Oh, Liam, you're here." And with the young lady, she kind of gives him like these this eyebrow wave, and he like a fun little curtsy sort of thing. He's like, oh, please, Gyp- uh, what did I name her? What did I name? Gypsum. Yep, Gyp- please, Gypsum. It's not really like that. I don't. He look. He looks at Luna like really confused. I don't. I don't think it is anyway. Uh, can you just give us our usual booth? Yes, of course. And she uh, takes you to um, this secluded part of the restaurant. And um, there is the interior of the restaurant has a glossy tile floor of gray stone, probably marble or quartz with walls, burnished silver, and mirrors to line them. Gypsum leads you around the corner to the main eating hall where the floor dips down into two steps and has small circular tables with the same tube-like plants from outside as their centerpiece. The walls on the far side are open wide so that they slide open and a sheer veil drapes over the opening. So there's like big open like sliding doors that open to windows and outside of them you can see the this vast landscape of like the mushroom fields and then this lush forest off to the other side. Um, the lighting inside is very cozy and um, <clears throat> It's a, it is a table that is secluded. Okay. So you should be happy with that. Yes. Okay. So as soon as, like, Gibson, whatever, um, leaves, uh, Luna just kind of, like, does, like, a heavy exhale. She's like, okay, now that I have you far away from, like, the, would the word be owners that she would say? Um, she could Management. say owners or masters, whatever. Now that I have you away from... Uh, eavesdropping ears, like, might as well cut to the chase. Uh, my boyfriend is your son. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he's just radical. Like, he has no way to respond to this at all. He, he's just not prepared at all. Like, he, he, he was looking at the menu, and then, like, you say that, and, like, he just... What is this? He, it takes like a long, a long drink from his wine glass and puts it down and says, You mean. Blaze, son. Yeah. He, he looks away and looks out the window, and there's a long pause of silence as he's just, like, processing this, and after a deep sigh, he says, so, my boy, he's okay. Yeah. (sighs) That's good. I, uh, I suppose you want to know the story. Uh, I have heard um, Blaze's side of it, but... Well, you'll know that we came from Marnell's... We came from Marnell. Blaze's family. Blaze's family is from there. And, um... 
Well, we, we fell in love and tried to run. What happened is we came here and, um, well, Blade got sick. So we couldn't move for a while. We had to lay low in the city. And, um, well, it just turned out that, um, House Aha also had a really bad financial billings. So I became her accountant and she offered refuge to us for a period of time. Then after Blay got better, um, it took a couple weeks actually, she uh, got really sick. We uh, became pretty close friends, the three of us. Well, Afi kept us hidden for a while, and then we made to plan our escape. We got to um, the uh, hills, and um, well, we went into early labor. The boy was born in the wilderness. Um, some dwarven bandits came out of nowhere. Uh, then we were separated. I, um, and I don't know what happened to them after that. I was brought back to Toril, where Afa officially purchased me as her accountant, and inducted me as her, um, essentially property. So she paid a very high price to get me into her house and protected. And, uh, I never knew what happened to them. Nor really had a good way of finding out. Oh. Is Blay okay? She yeah, um, my mom's druid circle found her. Oh. Good. And did she, um, you know, move on? Yes. <sighs> well, I suppose. I couldn't have asked for much more. He drinks... He drinks more wine. And, um... What's he... What's he like? Oh, um... Can I actually... We've, um... Dad and my mom, like I said, are best friends, and... So he and I grew up together, and he's, he was always really shy, but he was always really, okay, I thought it was really nice, but I, I guess some people have other opinions, but, um, he's, right. uh, he's really crafty, he likes building things, it's fun, um, oh. he actually broke my bedroom window on the third story back when we were 15, uh, which was rubbish, <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's actually broken a lot of things around right his house. But that's just behind the point. Uh, 
Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's really fun, really smart. Um, Tyler's been one of my best friends, and a little over a year ago, we had finally started dating. And um, does he does he know about me? Yeah. Blake told them um, quite a bit about you, actually, but. Yes. Well, I don't blame her. It'd be pretty hard for Billy to come back here. Yeah. Would you like to go there? I. He he pauses, and you know this is clearly something that like he hadn't really thought about. So you see him sort of process this and and think deeply about it, and he. You know, I'd, I'd like to meet my son, Block, but I, I don't know how I would leave here, and I don't know how I would function outside of Crown society. It's... Well, my father is the Lord of Fergus. And I'm sure that he has some sort of connections to get a job for you if you wouldn't want to come back or would want to like have a life outside of here. He he like looks out the window. Oh, that was not the conversation I expected to have. What did you expect to have? Um, I didn't really know what I was expecting. Not definitely not um, here to long-lost child's girlfriend and would you like a new job? (laughs) Sorry, it's just a lot for me to process. But, um, if I were to go, I think, you know, I'll be honest, I I have a pretty good life here, as well as a slave can do. And I'm not sure I'd know what to do with myself because I've always been told. So I'd have to think about what I want. But I do want to meet my son. I just don't know if he'd want to meet me. I get underwhelmed. I think, hmm. has he ever t- talked to Luna about this? Like, if he wants to meet his dad or something, or has he just been indifferent because he didn't know? Um, so I'd say Kolok would say, like, he, he'd be, like, open to meeting him, but, like, wouldn't know how he'd feel about him until he met him, essentially, because, like, yeah. he has no, like, thing to compare this to. And no IP, like he doesn't know how to feel about it. So, but he'd be open to like learning about how to feel about it, essentially. Um, I th- I think he'd be open to meeting you. I just don't know how I feel about bringing him here. Oh no! Don't bring him here. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> don't bring him here. Well, I um, I do suppose I could um, I suppose I could always ask for time off. It's more of a 
Uh, I felt more of my friend than I asked her. I think she would be open to it. Just we'd have to just sort of um, disguise it as something so um, she doesn't lose her, you know, powerful matron face. Like um, you know, she sends me on some sort of business trip or something. You know, we have contacts here, blah blah blah, something like that. Or I could just, you know, if if you have about a thousand gold, you could purchase me. That was calculated based off how much he would earn in one day, and then um, times that by like two thousand, because that's how that's how Roman slaves were calculated. Like, this is how much money they make in a day, and then like times that by two thousand, and that's like how much they're worth. Okay. So that's how I made that calculation. Right now, we only have, like, 500. Yeah. So... Uh, looks like we're stealing another human. <laughs> Steal the human. Steal the human. Smuggle him out of the city again. Yeah. Can we do that? I mean, we can, I mean, you can try. You can certainly try. I'm not there. I'm just making... Well, is... Is he going to go anywhere? Um, what exactly was he asking? Like, if there's is, somewhere they could... Is Galak going to be anywhere? Um, he's going... Mostly he's going to be, going to be around Furcus, though. I think, didn't he say in his last letter that he was going to go talk to some of, like, the Sun Elves or whatever? Mm-hmm. About making a deal? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll bring that up then. Oh. Oh, Sun Elves. We don't really have a lot of contact with them. Not in this part. Um, the Eastern... Yeah, Eastern. The Eastern Drow matrons woods, though. They'd have a bit more, because they're right at the cusp of where they are. It's, um... Map time! So, there are drow over here that they're they're also underground. Uh, You guys are over, like, here in, like, this drow area. And then, like, the sun elves are, like, the largest portion of them um, in the elven principalities are here. Because that's where they initially landed, so... Galak would probably just go um, north to um, the southern principality because that's the closest one and then start or he could go um, follow the trade routes over to the east and then just go across human territory so I think he would go north first. I think he'd just want to, like, see if he could make contacts there sooner. Because, mm-hmm. like, logically, if you have a choice between a longer journey and a shorter journey, and they both have, like, in one... Yeah, I think he'd just, like, weigh the potential and be like, oh, it won't hurt to go on this short journey. So he'd probably go north. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So he'd actually go north into Meliamne territory. territory. Because that's where they progress. So I'll say that he mentioned going like north, and you know enough geography to be able to say, oh yeah, that's Meliamne territory. Um, so what do you, what do you relate to him? Uh, yeah, I guess it's on that, basically. Oh, I keep hearing that name. Well, I, um, I suppose I could, um, talk to the Bradens. They have contacts in human territories. Maybe arrange a business trip. You catch my drift? Yeah. Great. Um, do you think maybe um, you could send... Um, do you think you could give me an official letter of introduction from you to your father? It just smooth things out for me. Yeah, I can do that. That'd be great. Ah, well, and then, um, unless you want to have... An- unless you have anything else to say... Try to wrap it up. Yeah. So basically, the plan is like that we're going to go to his people first, arrange a business trip, and then take him over to Berkus. So, what he'll do is um, he'll talk to Lady Brayden and then um, figure out some sort of business trip. And then, um, well. He, then he'd approve it by the lore matron, and then he'd just leave on his own. Because, okay. um, they just, they would just fund a bit their own business trip. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't need to take him. He'd get there on his own. Okay. So I just meet him there to introduce my father, sir? Well, that's why you have the letter of introduction, because he'd take the letter with him. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. A physical letter, okay. Physical letter, yeah. Great. Okay, so um, you guys just have general talk about the lock and what he's like, and then um, he tells you like some stuff about Blay, and you guys have a nice dinner. Um, you um, you're served some um, like sautéed mushroom and some fish from the river, and then you just have a nice evening, and. Um, So after that, yep. he, you know, you go back in the carriage, and he takes you back to the Graydon house. Okay. And he says, it's very nice to meet you, Luna. Likewise. We appreciate what you've done. Although it was a bit awkward, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, he waves by, and then he goes, woo! Okay, okay is Colin back? Um... You'd have to go inside to find out. Because I actually kind of want to know what happened. Um, So he he would just bring you straight home. So unless you want to stop by at, like, the the Aeha clan house, which you can because it's on the way. Okay, so um, you asked to stop there just to check and see if Colum is still there. And um, he, he isn't home. Okay. Alright then, I guess I'll go by Mario's place. Like, after dropping off What's-His-Face. 
Liam. Okay, so um, are you getting off at the AHOG clan house, or are you going back to the Green yeah. house? Okay, so you are at the AHA house, and everyone else is at the Braden house. Yeah. Okay. What are you doing? I'm going back to the Braden house, but passing Devon's place first. Like, not right next to it, but like across the street sort of thing. Okay. Mara's house, Mara's shop is like way out of the way. That's the only thing. So, like, you could do that. You would just have to walk to a completely different district. I'll do that, then. Okay, so... Um, We're casual. Casual. All right, all right. Um, let's, let's go back to the other group just to see if they want to do anything or discuss anything. Anyone... They're boinking right now. Oh, they're probably... That's right. They still have, you still have boink. Anyone at House Braden want to no. do anything? Or should we continue with Lena? Oh my gosh, okay, I heard something else and I was scared. It's terrifying, frankly. Anyway, um, well, I mean, can I do something out of character first? Because I, I tried to text you simply, but I had a question. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> no, I'll just talk about you now. Um, who's who? I forgot who's who. Who's the lore matron? What's the book plan is that? Okay, so the lore matron is a hot clan. Okay, cool. Colum Colum is an AHA clan member. He is the Lord Matron's son. Alright. Any other questions? What are the other matrons over? I have no idea. War? Okay, so the War Matron. War. Her name is Kava. And uh, their family uh, name. She's at the stadium thing. Yes, she was at the Sandpit. Kiva and Akarovich are a thing. And their daughter is Raxazel. Right. That thing. Demon, demon baby. We like demon babies. Alright, and then uh, what else? What's the other matrons? I'm trying to... So, Kiyafi has been meditating this whole time trying to figure out who's who and what to do. <laughs> the other matron <laughs> is the high priestess. I yes. She religion, I suppose. She is um their house Abra. And Abra Kadabra? Yeah, Abra. 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 And um the Lord uh, not Lord Major. The High Priestess's first name is Adeen. Adeen. Adeen, I like it. Adeen Abra. And then her granddaughter is Nessa Abra. Nessa Abra. That's the girl we just met. Got it. Yes. We need a freaking glossary in real time with captions. <laughs> and pictures. And pictures. We have pictures. Artists and artists. Oh, yeah. We do have my little pencil stools. Yay. And then, so there's lore, high yes. priestess, lore. Yes. And is there another one? There. So there are three matrons. Oh. And then there's House Braden, which is just like another house. And then if you're a matron, it just means you have more like political pull. Because yeah. like the three yeah, yeah. the three matrons are the ones that kind of like balance the political power in the city. And so if you want to like do anything politically, you have to curry favor with one of them. Sounds good. So and then the before matron is her, her first name is Kava, what's her family name? For Ignat. 
how you spell that. Um, S O R E I G N E A C H. Oh my god, the H. Okay. Break that. <laughs> We do good stuff. <laughs> right. These are Irish phonetics. <laughs> They're different than Latin or Greek. Oh gosh, uh, Irish man, what's wrong with them? Do you want to know how to spell Kava? How it's actually spelled? It's C A O M I N E. That's how Kava is spelled. Okay. Got it. Okay, so Kathy has been meditating, trying to figure out what she knows and what she should do about all this stuff. Because she doesn't have a set of spy anywhere. So she probably wants to pick her friend's brains for what she knows Silly about words. people. I don't know. At least what, this one adds, when Aluna gets back, she's going to ask about uh, Liam, I guess. Okay, okay. That's all I got. I don't know what I'm... I just try to figure myself out. That's most of all. Okay, okay, out. that's fine. Um, does anyone else Thanks. require... Or else, are we all good going back to Luna? Ellie, didn't you want to ask about what's his book? Oh, I do want to talk to Canaris. Okay. If that's possible. Yeah, you can go talk to him. Okay. So, you, um, you do want to ask Deirdre where she put them, and she's like, oh, I put them in the cellar. I didn't know where I was to put them. So, uh, she, um, leads you into, like, the kitchen, and then into the pantry, and then, like, opens up the cellar door, she's like, we keep a really nice wine down here, and then, um, she goes down, um, she's like, but I did put a cotton here at one point, I don't remember why. Anyway. A what? A cot. Oh, okay. So there's, like, it's a wine cellar with a cot. Okay. And that's kind of where they're hiding out. You see... Um, on the cot, they have both reverted to their animal forms and are just asleep on the cot. Oh. And uh, so you see Farius in his familiar, like, snow fox form, and next to him is, like, this big fluffy dog. So, and that's white. So, um... Can, is Canaris? Yep, Canaris. Canaris was a fox. Farius is the fox. Farius is the fox. Canaris has a dog form and it looks like an Akita. Oh, okay. Well, they're asleep and I don't know if I want to talk to them. Because they're asleep. (laughs) (laughs) They're really tired. (laughs) Okay, never mind then. Okay. So, Deirdre, you turn around, Deirdre sees you come immediately back out. She's like, well, um, did you, did you need something? Well, I wanted to talk to them, but I don't want to disturb them while they're sleeping. Oh, maybe I can help you, but was it, um, that you want to ask them? No, it's... I mean, it's, it's about my, my, my mission that I'm on. I don't... It's something that I'd have to research, and it might be related to them. Well, I have lots of books, and I'm very good at research. She, like, points to, like, her mountains of notebooks. So, do do you know of something called Ulamaze? You, um, 
demonized. That's um. Did I tell you it was Faye? Fayward? Yeah, you did. Yeah. That's uh, Fayward for um. Do you know how it's written? And uh, oh. you think? <laughs> I was gonna say, given Tiffany's game, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, you think about it, and initially you think, like, no, I don't, but then, like, it comes to you in your mind, actually, how you would write it, and you're like, yeah, actually, so then uh, she gives you some, like, a pencil and, like, some paper, and she, you write it out, and it's weird because, like, you're not sure how you even know how this, you're not sure you, you're not sure how you know this, like, I mean, I guess like this. Write it out. I don't know if that's right. And she gives you this curious look. Are you aware that this is archaic script? Ar archaic? Archaic. I was, I was told it was Faye. Well, archaic script is derived from Faye. They, oh. um... Do you... Where did you hear this name? Uh, it's kind of what my whole pilgrimage is about. My spirit friends have told me that to find this thing or person or place or... Well, I'll tell you this. It's, um... It's a bit of a nickname, but... So it... I could be wrong, but... I heard it's supposed I, to mean little thing boy. Yes, that's right. I, um... That's why I wanted to talk to Knars. Because it might be related to them. She studies you for a long minute and then says, Yes. Um... I want to show you something. So you, um, follow her. You go to the red door. And, um, so the red door has this, like, it's this, there are all these, like, elaborate runes, uh, magic sigils on it. It's, you know, obvious that there are a lot of spells in this door. She approaches it, puts her hand on, like, this kind of, like, plate thing next to the door that's a rectangle, and, um, like, puts down a rune, and it opens. Um, there's a small tone. Ding! <laughs> and, let's see. Inside the red door is an office, much like the rest of the house. It is covered in papers and books. There is a large floor-length mirror at the back of the room. More runes are carved into the sides, indicating the mirror has a magical purpose. So she, um, like, brings over, she, like, brings over a stool and sits you down and says, Did you think it was a bit strange that I, um, I don't know what camera to look to. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could just look at that camera Did so you that I'm looking at you okay. and our audience is looking at you. Okay. Did you find it strange that I allowed um, 
basically arcanic fugitives into my house without a lot of questions. I saw you were very nice. <laughs> well, thank you. But there is a bit of a reason behind it. You see, I'm part of um, a group of mages that likes to collaborate together. Um, which is pretty uncommon. We usually, they like, wizards and everyone, they like to keep their secrets secretive. But, um, she points to this mirror, which is, this is a message inscribing there. And I received messages from other mages on it. And one of the mages is called Illumaze. What is Tidal Drops? Tidal Drops? He or she like? Oh, um. He's very. I'm pretty sure it's male. I've heard his voice. He's, um, very elusive. But friendly, in a way. Um. So see, he, um. Is he an Arcano? Um, well, he hasn't directly told me, but he probably is. He's indicated that he, um, works in the capital. And, um, is currently working on, um, a sort of containment, um, construct for volatile energies. Um, so I think Elamaze is an alias, to be honest. But... He's a what? Elamaze is an alias. Yeah, so it's like a pen name. Oh, an alias. Alias, yeah. An alias. Sorry, words on her. Pretty sure it's an alias. But, um, I don't think... In which capital? Uh, the Arcanic one. Okay, the Arcanic one. The Arcanic one. In, um, um... In Arcania, the main... They call it the main... Most people call it the mainlands. Uh, so if you go to, uh... Porcheria Stelasius. I'm not. <laughs> I can't even spell that. <laughs> I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> Stop doing this to me. <laughs> you just slurred a bunch of spaghetti together. <laughs> Arcanic names are supposed to sound vaguely more Latin. Porcheria? Celestia. Most of the time, it's mistranslated into Corpuisirlas. But um, I'm pretty sure he's there. Um, I can write him a message, but I'm not sure if he'll get to him. He's been pretty um inactive lately, to be honest. What? What is he researching? You said he was researching volatile... He was um, researching a way to contain volatile, volatile energies. So, um, essentially, from what I gather, he's trying to... Um, there's some sort of magic energy in the city, and it's volatile and dangerous. So he's trying to figure out a way to contain it and to um, possibly recycle it into some sort of energy source as opposed to this destructive nature thing. Um, but um, 
that's really all I know. There's still, um, you know, it's a, we're a bit of a secret organization, so there's still a bit of, you know, hush hush identity secrecy, sort of thing. I guess I should go to Arcade Capital. Well, if that's who, if that's um, who you're looking for, then that's probably where you should go. Jimmy's there. I don't think he's moved. Jenny. What? Jenny. I don't think he's moved. Oh. I don't think he's moved. Um. And um, someone of his caliber would probably not um. It'd be hard to hide him. He'd probably be some sort of court mage or be involved in the college there. You know, he'd be in demand. He's very knowledgeable. You know, um, like, she, she, like, waves through, um, the mirror. She's like, he sends me messages in eight different languages just for fun. Um. What was the last message he sent you? Um. If, if you don't mind. Well, it's basically what I've um, been telling you. He asked me if I had any insights on what materials to use to um, contain these energies. So it's more research. Yes, it's more of a research. That's, it's, it's a very professional network. So, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with the arcane kingdoms. Empire. Why do they have these volatile energies? Um, I don't know. They have a large... It seems weird to be, build an empire around something so hazardous to their living. Well, um... There are a lot of problems in the empire. Because there's a lot of, um... Well, liberties allowed there. The, um... <laughs> they about uh, when they were first it, they've had a hard hard um, history really uh, they're a race that's kind of used to being backed into a corner and um, having to fight back pretty dirty to survive so the older generations are pretty untrusting but the newer ones um, like these boys she kind of nods downstairs are um have been raised in under better circumstances, so they have better yeah, hopes and manners. Um, I imagine that um, since they um, allow things like slavery and necromancy and demonology, that they probably cook up a pretty volatile cocktail of magical energies. And. Um, I think he's just trying to figure out how to safely dispose of this, these energies. Um, you know, it's because um, if you if you practice magic, you'll always have some sort of excess uh, waste, essentially. If you don't know how to properly do the spells, and I imagine that's probably the case. That or you know. Um, you know, they have a lot of mixes of um, peoples because they um, 
tieflings, all sorts of elves. I hear there's um, actually a group of dwarves in the north. And so there's a lot of intermixing, and when you mix races, you mix their magical abilities, which sometimes doesn't mix correctly. Like, for example, arcade elves can't really mix with other races because their offspring usually just die. They, um, that for some reason their bodies can't handle, handle it. They be, they're very fragile and sickly. It doesn't translate very well. Um, in fact, I think the only other races they could possibly propagate with would be a, probably a natural shapeshifter. Um, but anyway, um, regardless of their own, um, you know, biologies, they have other races there that could, you know, mix and create other problems. So it's just, that's not happening there. And... Yeah, it sounds... There's a lot of weird stuff happening there. Well, do you, Would you happen to have any books on the Archaic Empire here? Oh, yes. I, I don't have a ton of them, to be completely honest. Um, well, whatever little you have, I wouldn't mind reading it. I mean, it feels like my journey is leading me there. Of course, of course. I, um, I only have a brief history that was written by, another, was, that was written here by Drow, so just take their insights with a grain of salt. I'll probably not have the most favorable opinion of them. Oh, it's better than what I know right now. Okay, so, um, she, uh, goes to, um, her, this bookshelf, and actually, like, and just pulls it off the shelf. She's like, keep it in here because it's, um, well, it's a bit of contraband. Hands it to you. Um, so, we'll say it's, like, you know, essentially, which is a brief history of the Arcanic Empire and how it came to be. Okay. You know, I'll like probably read it like before my like trance or okay, whatnot, okay. because I only need four hours. Yeah. We will go back to um, Luna unless someone else wants to do a thing right now. Okay. Luna! Okay. You. So you are making your way to Mars Closet, mm-hmm. and um, this is um, a bit of a journey. You um, um what? It's. Hang on, let me. It's pretty obvious, but um, you notice that there are a lot of guards out in the city marching around in pairs of twos and they are questioning people make uh, make an intelligence check okay 13 you're not sure like what this is about or why they're out but it seems like they're trying to like find information about something because they're questioning people. So I'm gonna dip off into an alley and turn into a rat. Okay. 
right, so you turn down the street. It's lined with small stops and storefronts that open up. People can sit down on a stool and order from over the counter. A few drow and a handful of humans slash dwarven slaves are hanging out on the stools and eating. You smell the scent of bread baking and soup with hearty vegetables boiling in a stew. In one stall, you see someone kneading dough into small strips and adding them into a pot. It smells really good. And you come across a busy road. You, you'll have to double back to try to find a less busy part of the road. And uh, here people are busy carrying packages and bustling around, and guards are everywhere. You hear a passerby say, did you see Fred the Furious? That guy was amazing. Oh, man, I loved it when he took that chain out. Oh, that was great. Uh, yeah, I'm going to double back. Okay, you go back. All right. You go back down the really, like, fun food Okay, I'm going to number one. All right. All right, so you, you weave your way through the city, double back, and come to basically, like, a really big um, aqueduct or, like, storm drain type thing. So it's, like, this big tunnel that's circular. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a little old lady sitting in front on a rocking chair. Well, not ro- just a chair, not a rocking chair. And um, she has, like, a... A little cup out. You know Undercommon, and it says uh, Art Gallery. And um, that access to it is five copper. So as a rat, I think you just slip by. Yeah. And um, inside the Art Gallery, so essentially it's a storm drain that people can walk through that was painted on the inside. Oh, nice. So it, um, and it has like weird modern art in it. Okay. So, is there any other kind of modern art? <laughs> yeah, too shy. <laughs> well, like, Kleindinsky's not that weird. He has like just a lot of shapes. Anyway, um, the portraits are just proportionate. The females have large heads, the males have short legs. They appear to be in a line or a procession of sorts. You see a female with a blacked, a face that has been blacked out, and she stands on the bodies of males and females alike. Joe bowed to her, and she sends females in armor to attack with spears. Pools of blue blood spill on the floor and lead to a, the back of the gallery, gallery where the opposite end is. As you move along, the bodies of human and dwarves are added to the carnage. Winged beings fly in the air and move about towards a black center at the end. On the other side is another drow female. Her head is veiled and surrounding her is blackness. The blackness trails along the people and grabs them, blinding them and holding them till nothing left is nothing left, nothing is left except blackness. At the end of the tunnel, the walls are covered in black until the end of the tunnel is illuminated. Your eyes adjust to the light slightly and you see a vague female form in the blackness of this paint. Her whole mouth is the exit of the tunnel and unnerving eyes stare at you from the top of the archway. The gallery is over. 
That was an experience. That was an experience. And seeing some creepy music meet up, I get to swallow that for all of Okay, and then um, let's see. Alright, this makes sense. So you come into, um, you, you come out of the storm pipe, and then you see, like, you come to this alleyway. And it's actually been, like, blocked off just because people have put all these boxes in it. And so you look to your left, and there's, like, a little break in this wall. Mm-hmm. So you go through it, and you come to what looks like someone's garden. And um, it is a series of plants lined in neat rows. They resemble the tubes that you, the, like, kind of tubey plants you saw at the Silver River. They glow faintly, and there, um, there are other, f- like, flora that come out. So, um, from the tube, there's kind of, like, this sort of flag-shaped thing that comes out and, like, unfurls in a, in a circle. And when you pass by, it kind of, like, refurls and just sinks back into the tube. So, like, that's the flower part. Okay. Um... You pass, as you pass by, some of them emit a faint gas. Make a con save. No! (laughs) 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 Okay, so you have, you have been poisoned. (laughs) Oh, no. Womp womp. And, um... I have one HP. <laughs> you take nine damage. Okay. Um. So you pop back into your Luna form in someone's garden. You look around, still a little dazed from the poison coursing through you. Um... You see, like, um... There's kind of this, like, wooden structure type thing, and from it there's this brown fuzzy bat that has a bow on it, and, like, a little collar. Mm-hmm. You can assume it's someone's pet. <laughs> oh, someone has a pet bat. Mm-hmm. I'm cute. Yeah. I wish I could be a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what do you do? Uh, I'm creating a little city creature again. Um... Turn back into a rat. Possibly. That would be my last wild shape, though, of the, of the day. Can I be a... Oh, hmm. Don't you get it back in a okay. short rest? What? Don't you get it back in a short rest? A badger? Don't you get it back in a short rest? Yeah. But if I'm stuck out in the city, then... <laughs> Um, so... That's all I've heard about, is getting back. <laughs> but also getting by Miles, Miles' closet. Alright, what do you want to do? Uh, okay, I'll get away from the garden. Okay. Easily, and then turn back into that, so I don't have the poison on me. Okay. The, um, um... <laughs> so, we'll say that you, uh, managed to just climb a wall, mm-hmm. and then you turn back into a rat... Yeah. And, um... Okay. 
You turn the corner and enter a small street. The scent of perfume and wine hits you, and it hits you particularly strong as a rat. I got the contract. <laughs> the street has a few females on it, and a group, and a smaller group of males. They walk by, glancing from window to window. People who are here are here alone. When you um, walk down the, the street, you can see that each building has a glass window and a small door next to it. Behind the glass, you can see drow males draped in luxurious silks and strumming on instruments. They don't say anything with their lips, but their eyes tell you a different story. You have found the adult district. And what? You have found the adult district. At least, oh, at least one of them. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Is this one we have to find Carla? Uh, no. <laughs> Fine. Okay. He's not there. Okay. It's not as brazen as you would have imagined other, like, you know, prostitute districts, because there seems to be a certain degree of, like, discretion here um, that is unspoken. Um, you don't see anything, any skin beyond, like, what you'd normally see on the street. They just look very nice and very adorned. And um, each of them have, are, are doing something. Like, they're playing an instrument or singing or doing poetry or um, one of them painting. So, like, they're doing a thing. Look, I'm cultured. I'm cultured. Um, make, make a wisdom save. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do they have sufficient there? Don't give advantage. Uh, Fifteen. You made it. <laughs> Yay! Yay. You just pause for a second because they're just so dang pretty, and then you go on your way. Oh, uh, you're making a hot boy check. Uh huh. <laughs> and then, um, so we'll say that uh, you make it to the street. That's um by Mars closet. Mm-hmm. So you um you approach I imagine you want to approach the store. Yeah. You just start from across the street, sort of thing. Okay, so you're you're you look at it from across the street, make a perception check. Not one <laughs> You're a rat. Yeah. So like you as Luna have like basically dulled senses because you're a rat. And so like in the back of your mind you're like, I should be doing something. But also I smell cheese. Does this have a smell related to it for the perception? Because I'll give you the name. Um I I mean you were just looking at the store? Okay. So no. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is there other people around, or? Um, it's pretty late at night now, so people are are not in the streets as much. So there's oh, like yeah. not too many people around. Okay. Is Carl around? Do I see any sign of him? Um. You. Uh, let me think about this. No, he. Um. You don't see him. Uh, uh, make another perception check. You can. Ch- I'll say you can try to smell for him. That's okay. Right. Yeah, try to smell around for him. Sixteen. 
Okay, so you, you sniff around. Uh, you, uh... You sense that he was there at some point earlier in the day, not too long ago, but that he left and went towards the center of the city. And is that where the Ahab place is, or is that...? The, the center of the city is towards the sand pit. Huh. And, um... Let's see, uh... Make a history check. Cannot roll tonight. Eight. Eight. Yeah, you're thinking really hard, like, why would he go that way? There's just the sand pit, and, um... You know, that's all you really know that's over there. Right, I'm gonna try to follow him. Okay, you're gonna try to follow his scent. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Uh, make another perception check. For smell. Uh, um, okay, so you follow your nose down the street, avoid avoiding, you know, feet along the way, and you come to, you know, essentially, like, this courtyard. And it's, um, it's basically, like, it's the guardhouse. It's the jailhouse. Oh. And, um, across, across from it is the Foregna clan house, because it's, it's written. And then uh, a little ways further down is the sand pit. So do you want to go into the jail? Or what does it smell like he's in the jail or something? Yeah, it does. Okay, I'm gonna go to the jail then. Okay. So you um approach the jail doors, um and uh as uh you manage to just like squeeze under the door. I imagine rats have collapsible skeletons too. And yeah. um you come make well, how do you do, like, a stealth check in here? Because you're in a more enclosed space. Mm-hmm. 18? Okay, yeah, like, you slip into the shadows and, like, tuck, you know, and, and, and go under the desks. Because, like, when you enter it, you just see basically, like, um... It's kind of like an office area where people would, like, probably file complaints... Or, um, you know, official stuff like that. You, uh, here in the back, you hear Cullum. And, um, he is in the back room. So I'll say that you, um, follow his voice to the back room where, like, the cells are kept. Yeah. So in here, it's... You go to the cell area, it's kind of like this T-shape where it has, like, um, guards sitting in the middle, and then it branches off in either direction with cells, and you you follow Column to um, this hallway of cells, and he's on the outside of one, talking to Mara, who is in one. And you hear them say, like, Mara, what happened? You know, how can I, how can I get you out of this? And she says, well, I mean, I, 
We just have to wait for this to blow over. I'm not... They didn't find a lot of evidence against me. But, um... I... I mean, if, if the war matron wants to do something, then she's just going to do it. So, I... Colin, you should just go home. Will you... I was like, no, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to do something about this. Colm, all you could do is beg the favor of some of, of another matron. And, you know, that's not... I don't want you to do that. But if it'll get you out, then I will do it. Colm, I... We don't even know if I'm going to be charged. All I found was... some equipment and an old lady and a peacock. And, you know, I... and what I told them was... um... she, um... she lowers her voice, and then you get closer, she says, Look, it is true I was harboring them. Um, they told me to just say that I had no choice and to just say that I forced that they forced me to, to hide them they threatened me and so that's what I'm going with you know I I showed them that I you know they she like holds up her arm she's like I you know they bit me and I think I think I'll be okay if um as long as, well, as long as what? As long as the war matron is still in a relatively good mood, but things aren't boding too well because, well, things aren't going. Colin speaks up and says, "Well, things aren't going well." She's furious. She's sent guards all over the town to try to find these fugitives. She says, well, what are you going to do? Break me into jail? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll do that. Colin, stop being ridiculous. I mean, if you really want to, I don't know, maybe, maybe you can go to the Avras. If anyone wants to spite the war matron, it's her. So that's your best bet. Okay. I'll go and talk to her. And, um, they sort of exchange, like, um, like, wistful looks, and then he leaves. And, uh, le- and exits the jail. So, that's where, that's where he went. Okay. I was wondering how far along there were the investigation. Um, um, you'd have to do something to figure that out. I was turned right back, turned back into myself right there. So what did I miss? Oh, in tomorrow, in front of Mara. I think that'd be fun, but probably not. Um, Go ahead. Are you doing it or are you not doing it? I'm not doing it. Okay. Poof. I'm not doing it as soon as he leaves. Okay, so he leaves. 
and then I'll go with him to, to talk to him. Okay, so he leaves, and, um, like, the guards that are there are female. They kind of tease him about it, and then, um, he, he exits the jail and is outside in the courtyard. Is he still in his bathroom? What? Who? <laughs> oh, uh, Luna. Where? Where'd you come from? How are you? Um, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Oh, no, I was asking you if he was still in his bathroom, but... Oh, um, yeah, he's basically in his bathroom. <laughs> like, it's, like, a nice, it's, like, a really nice bathroom, because, like... But it's a bathroom. But it's a bathroom, yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I, can I actually, yeah, can I actually say, are you still in your bathroom? Well, I, I just, oh, I am in my bathroom. Oh, this, I wonder if everyone's giving me weird looks. <laughs> I just was so... I mean, I, I was just so worried about more, and... Why are you here? I mean, not not to be rude or anything. Oh, um, I had just been uh, working with her before. Like, okay, fine, I'll admit it. I was kind of listening, uh, but it's only because how um, cute, like, like we were working with her a bit when we first got here, because we were delivering her some materials. Okay. So I was worried about her. What oh. Happened. Okay, so, um, that's, that's nice, um, do you think we could just, just, like, do you think we could bust you out of jail? He, like, looks around shiftily. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm good at distracting things, but I'm not good at a lot of other things. Hmm. She was kind of thinking this, uh, what sort of ideas do you have to get her out? And also, would that make things worse? So she breaks out, and then they know that, and then they come looking for her, then that kind of makes her look more guilty. Oh, no. He, like, thinks really hard about it. Um, by the expression on his face, he says, Oh, yeah, maybe that's not a good idea. Because it would look pretty incriminating. I just, I just want to get her out. I was thinking about, um, just, uh, I don't know, digging a hole and... Just a side note, I don't know if this would be relevant at all, but, like, Luna has an unconscious habit if she's talking to somebody that she knows is of high status to just, like, move her hands while she's talking in a way that shows off her sigil ring, or signet ring, whatever it is. You roll an intelligence check with all of Completely misses it. <laughs> you seem nervous, are you okay? Um... I guess relatively, yeah. Well, is there any way I can help? As things stand, we could let the pieces fall where they go. But, um, if you know where these fugitives are, we could sort of, um, you know, 
need them use uh, if we could get if we could have them leave the city and have people know that then maybe they let Mar go hmm. so hypothetically we need to do this uh, how would we how would they know that they leave um, without the people coming for them um it's a really good question I'm not too sure about that one. Uh, perhaps we should just think about some things and then convene tomorrow. It seems like the city's pretty busy with our hands trying to find them, that they'll, they'll give Mara a few days before they do anything too bash. So, um, I think we should go to our prospective um, lodgings. Yes. And then uh, meet at a later time. But I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's worried about her. Me too. So uh, you guys um, depart, and he um, offers you a ride in his sleek um, magic ride. Sure. And so, like, it's kind of like a motorcycle. It's kind of sexy. Oh, nice. And so, like, um, imagine it, it, like, has, like, uh, wheels and then kind of this, like, shield, magic, like, shielding that goes over it. So it, like, has, like, this exterior shell over it. So, like, you sit down and then, like, lean over and, um, the shield goes over you. So, like, it's you don't actually see who's inside, but you can see outside of it. So, mm-hmm. he takes you um, over back to the Bradens, and, like, it's pretty cool. And then, um, you stop off, and he says, should I meet you here tomorrow, or should you meet me at there? Which, you... uh, which one do you think is, like, would call less attention? I think here would. Because, um... Yeah, here, here woods. No one really pays attention to Brayden, so usually people who are quiet. Okay, so I assume you can meet us here. So I suppose. Uh, and so he <laughs> goes back on his magic motorcycle. Goes, goes away. Okay. It's like, I'm on a magic motorcycle. It's really cool. Okay. Back at the Brayden house. Well, back together, guys. Back together. So, unless you guys want to um, do anything, do you guys want to just take your long rests now? Yes. Uh, yes. I think we all need it. So, you guys take your long rests. You all, um, you know, will say that, you know, just no big deal. Some, some of you sleep on the couches, two of you sleep on the bed and the blank, under the blanket forts and are well rested. Tarina. Does it go to XP button like a video game? Tarina, something happens while you're asleep. Dang it. Best thing's happening while we're sleeping is a good thing. I'm gonna go pet the dogs, by the way. Okay. Okay. Tarina. Oh, I acknowledge that you can hear me. 
Hi. Okay, so you wake in a glade of trees. Oh gosh. Deep okay. into the autumn shade. Yay. The fresh the fresh scent of rain is brought to you on a soft breeze that whispers on your cheeks. Birds twitter in the trees, animals rustle in the brush by your feet. The sense of time here seems to melt away. You could spend all eternity here. Tarina, get up. Arturo stands across from you in the glade. The usual glint of a mischievous smile all but gone on his face. And you swear for a moment his form flickers, but when you blink, he's his usual self. He walks up to you and says, Will, are you reading her now? His voice brings you clarity and your mind slowly adjusts to a sense of sweet, from a sense of sweet molasses, but goes on um, to um, a sense of anxious tread as you realize that like you don't know how you got here or how long you've been here or what's going to happen. Come on. Arturo walks across the glade and towards an animal path. Stick close to me. Even though it's just your mind here. The Fae Wilds can be... Wild. You pass by a sparkling stream and colorful animals as you wend your way behind Arturo. It is not long before you notice the trees themselves will occasionally get up, roots and all, and migrate. A palace that seems to have grown from a single tree and expanded its way into a building itself stands mightily before you, casting down shade in all directions around it. At the roots are a pair of elaborate wooden doors that swing open. Inside is an audience chamber. You see mostly elf-like beings similar to Ellie. They have dark brown skin and colored leaves for hair, eyes that sparkle like amber, they cast their eyes curiously over at you as you pass by. Arturo leads you to the back door, and they sweep open to a throne room. Rich cloth drapes down from balconies in red and gold and brown. More winged beings look down at you with a discerning eye. You gather they must uh, be fae that are similar to Arturo's, but they have dark skin and insect wings of various types. Um, they have long ears, but the ear slopes, the top of the ear slopes down, and then the ear droops, so it's kind of like a fawn ear. The longer you stay here, the more beautiful things seem to become, and the more you realize you don't belong here. The plush carpet leads down to a throne dais that is covered by a veil. Arturo... Briefs, stops briefly and lets out a small sigh. This is it. You're going to meet our lady. I wish I could have prepared you more, but I think she's in a good mood. He eyes you nervously. Um, just follow my lead. He walks forward and kneels at the foot of the veiled dais. And I assume you follow. Yeah. I'm copying his move. 
a voice like liquid honey calls out from behind the veil. Draw the curtain. The voice belongs to a being whose presence alone seems to bear down on you, in beauty that is unmatched as it is ethereal. She has skin that is dark that is a dark rich color with subtle marbling of a darker tone, much like the mahogany at your father's estate. She appears to be physically young, actually being smaller in stature than you, and less um, physically mature. She has hair the color of red autumn leaves with highlights of gold and brown. It is braided in a series of um, tight braids, and in each braid has a, like, um, like a gold cap at the end of each section. Lips are full and round with a soft nose and gold eyes that reveal an age far beyond her complexion. Long wings like those of a butterfly flutter behind her in a trail of sweeping dust. A pail of elegantly corkscrewed um, antlers come from out of her head and then curve around the back serving as a natural crown. Gold beads drape across her face in an elegant swoop and across her exposed arms are gold tattoos that display an elaborate leaf motif that extend to her fingertips. She's garbed in what appears to be large leaves that have been sewn into an extravagant gown and billows to the floor. She says, Rise. Hello, Tarina Meliamne. I'm the Fae Queen Sabra of the Autumn Court, and I'm the one who answered your prayer. A voice older than her face comes out of her throat. Make a charisma save. Oh, okay. Oh. Charisma save. Uh. A um. voice older than her face. Oh. Pardoning. Yeah, I might have died. Natural twenty plus seven. Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah, girl. Get it done. <clears throat> so, you, um, basically you feel, um, like your own sense of mortality compared to her immortality. But, and it's, it's kind of mind-bending, but, like, you can handle it. It's just, like, this weird thing. She eyes you and says, I wanted to meet you. She snaps her fingers on Arturo, fades from your side, and reappears by her. Arturo has been keeping an eye on you. She strokes his hair as, she can, as he continues to kneel in front of her. Tells me you have a good um, sense of subtlety. Her eyes flash for a moment. Make a wisdom check. Well... Jeez, I hope your checkbook is ready to go. You got all these checks you gotta sign for. Oh my gosh. Saving bomb or just straight? Check. Check, check. Check Check one. Check ten. Nothing, nothing's different. Everything seems normal. I'll, I'll say that you do manage to see, like, Arturo's form again, kind of, like, shimmer, like, very slightly. She waves her hand and Arturo returns back to where he was. I have a little test for you. Trifle, really. 
She sips from a wine glass and drags her nail across the rim of it. You see, from time to time, we fae like to have a new little mortal around. Swaves her hand, and the doors open to the left. A young human woman with pale skin and blonde hair comes out, followed by a male high elf, tan-skinned and brown-eyed, brown-haired, and a young, dark-skinned dwarf child with a plume of dark curls. They appear to be well-fed, well-dressed, and relatively healthy. But there's just something a little bit off about them. Like, they're not quite all there. See? She gestures towards the human. I brought Cassandra here because she wants to make lovely dresses for the highest of ladies. I brought Eladar here because he makes a wonderful wine and wanted to serve it to the highest of courts. She gestures to the little dwarf child. And little Maya here just wanted a money. So I brought them all here. I want a new one. Anyone will do. Preferably a drow. I haven't collected that yet. But if you can't get anything else um, exotic, I'll take it. I'll give you eight days to figure this new one out. Just bring him or her to a fairy circle and I'll try to do the best. Of course. Of course you could always say no. But, um, it would come out of your luck. And then, uh, she snaps her fingers. You're back at the Brayden house. That's your patron. Hello, this is Tiffany, your DM. Thank you so much for listening to Dungeon Damsels. We really appreciate all your support. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. That really helps us out. And if you're interested, we also have a Patreon, as well as um, a podcast version of our show. You can find it on Spotify, TuneIn, Podcast, Podbay, Podbean, and pretty much where pod- anywhere where podcasts are. <laughs> Thank you again so much, and we hope to hear from you soon.